In the Bible, we have an accurate record of God's dealings with his people, the Jewish nation. And we learn how he led them from captivity in Egypt to a land that he promised to Abraham and his descendants. When Israel came into the la this land, they had various leaders, judges, um, prophet Samuel, and these were chosen by God. But we learn that the people wanted a king over them, a figurehead who they could see to lead them into battle. And they rejected God as leader through Samuel. And they chose Saul to be their king. And he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. And although he started well, later he did things his way and rejected God's ways. So God then chose a shepherd boy, David, uh, to be their king. And he trusted uh, in God and followed his ways and led his people well. He was a good king and God with him helped him to build the nation of Israel. And God was with him and preserved him in his battles so that he overcame his enemies. And Jerusalem was taken and was <clears throat> made the capital of Israel. When uh, David was near death, God chose his son Solomon to be king. Despite not being the eldest and next in line, he chose Solomon to be king. He was the son of Bathsheba. And David gave his son some advice. And we can read of that in the first book of Kings and chapter 2. And this was David's advice to him, what he should do in his life. 1 Kings in chapter 2. <clears throat> And we read at verse 1. As David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. So that the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons are careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. So God had made this wonderful promise to David that there will be a continuation of his line as kings of Israel and they would sit on the throne. We know how later on uh, Israel failed to do this. But Solomon, when he started out as king, showed his love for God and followed the example of David, his father. And we can read of that in the next chapter, chapter 3. And <clears throat> we can read there in verse 3. Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except he sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places. 
And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. The tabernacle had been set up in Gibeon, and that's where they went to worship God. And if we carry on reading in that chapter, we see that in verse 5 in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish to give me, to give you. And Solomon went on to say how that God had shown kindness to David, his father, and had been with him and um, made great promises to him. And in verse 8, we catch up and Solomon says and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen a great people cannot be numbered or counted for multitude so give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people to discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people and God was pleased with this uh, request from Solomon and we read in verse 10 and it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing that he hadn't asked for things for himself riches long life the life of his enemies but he had asked for an understanding heart and we read in verse 12 God says behold I have done according to your words Behold, I have given your wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. And I have given also, also given to you what you have not asked, both riches and honour, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. And if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments, as your father David walked in them, I will prolong your days. So God made this great offer to Solomon to give him the understanding heart and added all these other things uh, to it as well. And in that rest of that chapter we read how Solomon used that judgment that God had given to him in deciding which of, um, between these two women, both of whom had babies, one had died and one had lived, and they both claimed that the baby was theirs. And Solomon devised this judgment that, um, and suggested that the baby that was living be divided in half um, so that they each had half. And of course, the woman whose child it was didn't want this to happen. And so, God. Uh, Solomon was able to judge which one was the true uh, mother in this case and showed the wisdom that he had. And we read at the end of that chapter in verse 28, when all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to advance, to administer uh, justice. And so... Solomon was this wise king who ruled in Israel. And the fame of Solomon spread through many countries around um, Israel. 
and turning over to uh, chapter 10, we read how the queen of another another land came to hear of this wisdom of Solomon. And we read there in verse 1 how the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord and she came to test him with difficult questions. And she tells us how she brought all these presents for uh, Solomon and helped to make him very rich. And if we read in verse Three, the result of this. And Solomon answered all her questions and nothing was hidden from the king which he did not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his waiters and their attire, his cupbearers and the stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my eyes have seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report of which I heard. No one compared to the wisdom that Solomon uh, had and in verse 9 we see that she recognised where this came from blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness and or everybody in the whole area recognised this wisdom that he had. We come down to verse 23 of that chapter. We realise the result of this. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And all the earth was seeking the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart. all realised that God had given Solomon this wisdom. In the Old Testament as well, it predicts that a descendant of David and of Solomon will also be a wise and righteous king. And if we turn over to the prophecy of Isaiah, we can see this prophecy it gives about this descendant of theirs who would also be a wise and righteous king. And beginning there at the beginning of that chapter 11 in Isaiah, we read, Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Now, Jesse was the father of David, so it's talking about a descendant of David and would be this promised king. And it talks about, uh, this version says, a branch will, from his roots will bear fruit. So 
from the roots of this kingdom would this branch spring from. We know that the nation came to an end with King Zedekiah and the people were exiled uh, to Babylon and since then there had not been a king on the throne of Israel. And if we carry on reading in this chapter, it tells us a bit about um, this person. And the spirit of the Lord, in verse 2, will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth and he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And at the head of that chapter in my Bible it tells us that it's talking about Christ. And 500 years later after this prophecy, Christ fulfilled this in being this righteous person who feared uh, the Lord and delighted to walk in the ways of God. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of wisdom, understanding and knowledge rested upon him. And he delighted in the fear of the Lord. The New Testament confirms <clears throat> that Christ was this person. When we turn over to the Gospel of Matthew, when he came to speak to his own people where he was born in Matthew chapter 13, we see that they were indignant with him in chapter 13 and verse 53. He comes to uh, Nazareth and he speaks to them. And it came about that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there and coming to his hometown, he began teaching them in their synagogue so that they became astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers is not this the carpenter's son is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters are they not all with us where then did this man get all these things they knew the family of Jesus his brothers and they didn't think it was possible that he could have such knowledge, but they were unaware that God had given him this knowledge and understanding. Right from an early age he showed this great wisdom. If turning over to uh, the Gospel of Luke, and in chapter 2, In 
we see there at um, verse 41 how his parents go up to Jerusalem as they did every year to the feast of the Passover and when Jesus was 12 years old they took him with them and as they left Jerusalem they thought Jesus was with them but they discovered he'd been left behind and so they returned uh, to Jerusalem uh, to find him and in verse 46 we read and it came about that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of them of the teachers both listening to them and asking them questions and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers so even the learned people of his day were amazed at his knowledge and what he understood from God's word in the Old Testament on other occasions the scribes and the Pharisees asked him awkward questions but they were silenced also by the answers that he gave they had no answer to him for the understanding that he had and the wisdom that Jesus had far exceeded that of Solomon as the son of God he knew his father well and of his plan and purpose even Jesus himself says that he was greater than Solomon if we turn over to Luke chapter 11 and here the people of the day are looking for a sign from Jesus to show uh, that he is the son of God and to show that he's got this wisdom and in one verse there in verse 31 Jesus says to the people the queen of the south or the queen of Sheba shall rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold something greater than Solomon is here Jesus by his speech and the power that he had showed that he was far greater than Solomon and the people ought to have seen this and acknowledged his wisdom came from God in the reading that we had in Isaiah chapter 11 we read how Jesus was to be the judge and make righteous decisions and bring judgment on the wicked and also in another chapter a couple before that in Isaiah and chapter 9 we see some of the predictions about Jesus in the future Isaiah and chapter 9 and we read in verse 6 for a child will be born to us a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God eternal father prince of peace there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David 
and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so there again we see the link to the generation of David that he would be this ruler coming as a descendant of David to sit on the throne and be king over his kingdom. A wise and mighty counsellor who will rule and bring peace with no end. And we can see clearly how Jesus is able to fulfil this role. And just turning back uh, to the New Testament and to the Gospel of John, Jesus realised that he was to fulfil this role when he appeared before Pilate. In John chapter 18, we read uh, there, when Jesus was before Pilate, in verse, before his crucifixion, Jesus appeared before Pilate, and in verse 33 we read, Pilate therefore entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And in verse 36 Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Pilate therefore said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say correctly, that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus knew of his future role in God's plan that plan of the future kingdom to come upon the earth. But before that, he would have to die this cruel death as part of that God's plan to provide salvation for us. We've seen how God gave Solomon great wisdom and knowledge to lead and to judge his people adding also great fame and fortune to him as well. Solomon made a good start and put a lot of energy into living a full life and trying all manner of things, building great buildings and creating great things and trying every imagination of his heart, discovering everything that he could. But at the end of his life, he worshipped other gods and was influenced by the many wives that he had. But in his writings, he gives us the meaning of life and how we can share in God's wisdom. Turning back to Proverbs. And looking at chapter 1. He starts off 
his words here in Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behaviour, righteousness, justice and equity. To give prudence to the naive. To the youth, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if we listen to these wise words, we will recognise the way that we should be able to serve God and recognise that God has that infinite power. He's the great creator of and sustainer of the earth and judges all in righteousness. And so because of this, he is to be feared or to be uh, revered. In chapter 2, He tells us here in verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guiding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Wisdom from God can help us and guide us in our lives. And we are assured that God watches over us. Solomon also was the author of Ecclesiastes. And in here he searches the meaning of life and gives his thoughts to us. He imparts his knowledge in what he has found out so that we also can learn the truth. And he closes the book of Ecclesiastes, the next book um, that he wrote in chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and we read in verse 9. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge and he pondered, searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth uh, correctly. And he concludes in verse 13, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person or is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So he sums up his findings to revere and respect God and to show this by keeping his laws and his commandments. And this is the duty of us to fulfil in our lives and recognise that he is in control of things and is our judge.
Jesus in his first sermon on the mount also showed how we can uh, be wise um, when he was teaching the people. Um, I'll just read the words of the example that he gives in Matthew in chapter 7 which we know well about um, the building of the house with solid foundations and he concludes that by saying in verse 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house and yet he did not fall for it had been founded upon uh, the rock. And so by learning the words of Jesus and applying them to our lives following this advice that Jesus gives us can help to prepare us in facing problems in our lives and to be able to better serve God. We might feel that we're a bit overwhelmed at times in trying to find out this knowledge, but the, uh, uh, in the epistle to James, by James, we learn that if we pray for guidance and understanding, God will give us this wisdom. It will perhaps not be a direct revelation like some of the prophets and the writers of the Bible receive. Yet by gradually reading consistently and thinking and meditating on the subject in hand, methodically comparing various passages throughout the Bible on each subject, we can build up a picture of the meaning of the Bible and piece together the plan and purpose of God. And if we manage to do that, then we also can become wise and receive the blessings that God has promised as well. We can be wise like Solomon to make those righteous judgments in our life and how we can be part of those promises of God. And I'll just read some of those verses that we read at the beginning in Proverbs chapter 3, which highlights some of these blessings that we can receive. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, and fear the Lord, and turn away from, from evil, it will be healing to your bones, to your body, and refreshment to your bones. So there's a case here of healing and refreshment, carrying the ideas of not having to worry about things that might be happening in the earth around us. Because we learn that God has a plan and he is in control of things and will bring about his will. We also, going further down the chapter, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom 
and the man who gains understanding. For its profit is better than the profit of silver, and its gain than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. There are many things happening in the world around us, and we can become anxious to what might happen. But if we understand these words in the Bible, we can be comforted to know that these things have an end and God has a plan. Although we might experience hardship and problems and suffer at, from time to time in our lives, we can pray to God and unburden our problems to him. And God has the power and the ability to help us to provide support, maybe directly by something he causes to happen, or a fellow person, a believer, might be moved to assist us so that we can have help and comfort in times of need. Whatever we have to endure, we know and have the hope that God has promised a better life to come in his kingdom. Elsewhere in Proverbs, Solomon writes, Wisdom from the Bible can lead to a fountain of life and it can avoid the snares of death. Elsewhere, Daniel writes, The wise who receive instruction will be raised to life in God's kingdom. Earlier in the prophecy of Daniel, there was that great unfolding of what will happen in the world that Daniel was given to understand of what would happen. And he made these interpretations to Nebuchadnezzar of the order of things that would happen from his time forth. And it ended in Daniel chapter 2 with the promise of things that would happen, of how God would establish a kingdom on this earth. And we read after the Fourth World Empire, Rome had finished and this time of turmoil would come upon the earth. And in verse 44 we read, And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for other people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. 
And surely we are living now in these times of trouble and uh, turbulence that we see in the world around us. How long will it be before God sets up that kingdom on earth? Jesus spoke of his return as king being heralded by a time of great uh, tribulation. And turning over to the Gospel of Luke, we can see his warning and his message to us of what things will happen and the conditions that will apply in Luke chapter 21. And at verse 25 we read, And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and upon the earth, dismay among nations in perplexity as the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He speaks of a time of distress, of fainting with fear and foreboding. Nations in perplexity, having no solution to the problems, they are powerless to provide help and comfort. At this time, the Lord Jesus will return to save his people and take control of the earth. And surely this is a state we see in the world around us now. Our Heavenly Father is the creator of this universe. He is all-powerful and sustains this earth and us upon it. He demonstrated his wisdom and knowledge in making Solomon the wisest and wealthiest king of his time. He was unsurpassed in his time and passed that knowledge that he had onto his people and also to us. God also gave Jesus great knowledge and power and he clearly showed this in his life. And Jesus passed that knowledge on to those of his day and through the words of the Bible to us as well. In the last message of Jesus in the book of Revelation, Jesus gives us a glimpse of future events that will come about down through the ages. And those visions are often difficult to understand. But by careful study we can get an idea of the things that will come to pass. God has provided his Son, the Lord Jesus, that through his death we can receive forgiveness and be classed as righteous to live in that kingdom. The Bible provides us with the knowledge to have hope for a better life in the future. A life in God's kingdom with all the benefits that it will provide for us all. On our part, we have to read and learn those words 
given to us and follow those instructions and to put our faith and trust in God and commit our life to him and his wisdom.